Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back. This is Thanksgiving week of 2020, so I hope that wherever you are, you are getting some time off from work or school, and you are able to possibly spend time with family, although in the pandemic with things as they are, it's possible you won't be spending time with family, and that's okay too. Hopefully you'll be able to connect with them over technology. So today's episode is Thanksgiving themed. Today we're going to talk about gratitude. And so this month and this time of the year is the time that we typically try to refocus our efforts on gratitude, to remember to give thanks. However, one thing that I have noticed when it comes to those suffering from narcissism, those of us recovering from narcissists, is that When someone says, hey, be grateful, there's some interesting things that happen. So I want to discuss all of that today and really drive home some very important points because a lot of time people suffering from narcissism or recovering from narcissists have some very um, painful and uh, they just, they struggle with gratitude and there's a very specific set of reasons why. So I want to dive into that today. And if you are trying to have more gratitude, this episode is for you because we're going to look at not only what gets in the way, but how to deal with it and how to actually relearn gratitude. All right. So here's the thing. If you're recovering from narcissists, there's a really good chance you have what I lovingly call a narc brain. (laughs) It doesn't mean you're a narcissist, right? If you've listened to the episode, Am I a Narcissist? You'll understand that you're actually not a narcissist, but you do have a narc brain, which is what has developed in order to survive your narcissist. All right, so narc brain is not interested in gratitude. Narc brain does not want you to be grateful because gratitude feels so vulnerable. And again, like I've said, there is a lot going on that we're going to get into. But if you've been abused by a narcissist, the main thing is that gratitude was likely used as a weapon against you. All right. You were probably called ungrateful for a lot of years. They likely accused you of not thanking them enough or they demanded gratitude way more. They demanded it a ton. And the fact that the narcissist in your life demanded gratitude from you, right, that is so damaging because gratitude is not something to be demanded or even to be expected. Gratitude for the narcissist is, I mean, it feels amazing for them, right? They get to think thoughts that make them feel good when you are grateful to them. But what happens is they they keep demanding it over and over because narcissists are like their emotional capacity is like a, you know, a bucket with a hole in it. They're going to be constantly seeking more and more and more, and they're going to keep demanding gratitude from you over and over. And so likely in, in response, you were either forcing 
yourself to feel or express gratitude, to feel safe around them. Maybe you were lying to them about your gratitude to placate them. Or maybe you even genuinely created too much gratitude in your body. Because that's a thing to have too much gratitude. That's a thing. Because when that happens, it hurts you because you are over giving. Because gratitude is a gift. It's both a gift to you, the person that is expressing it, and it's a gift to the person that you're expressing gratitude to. Gratitude is a healing thing. But when you overdo it to make someone happy, what you're doing is you are robbing yourself of the gift of gratitude because you become empty. Your brain adapts to the pain and gains new habits, which is how the narc brain evolves, in order to try to protect you ahead of time. And so when that time of year rolls around, or maybe even religious leaders that you love, encourage, or emphasize gratitude, interesting defenses come up. All right, so this is what it might look like in your mind. You might see gratitude as a should. All right, so shoulds are our <laughs> fuel for the narc brain to beat yourself up. So what it looks like is uh, forcing yourself to try to feel gratitude, right? Telling yourself you should be more grateful, which of course doesn't help you be more grateful. It actually makes you tell yourself more that you should be grateful. So it, it gets you in this little cycle of never getting to be grateful enough, right? You always have to be shoulding on yourself. You don't, uh, it also looks like you don't feel grateful right now. And as narc brain sees that, right? It's like someone's telling you to be grateful. You don't want to feel grateful. You don't feel grateful. And narc brain immediately sees it as a problem and goes into self-destruct mode. So you start punishing yourself. I'm not doing a good job. I should be grateful. I'm not being grateful. I'm bad at this, right? You start feeling sorry for yourself and sad at yourself and mad at yourself for not successfully being grateful. Another way is that you are in a lot of constant emotional pain that hasn't been dealt with or processed out. So what this will uh, manifest as is you, you feel resentful, you feel unseen, you feel unheard. You think things like they just don't understand, they don't see me. You feel bitter or sad at all the wonderful glowy posts on social media or commercials on TV because your life doesn't look anything like that and you don't think you have anything to be grateful for. It also looks like you being uh, self-protecting and defensive, like there's this block and you're not able to access the beautiful feeling of gratitude, even if you might want to. Um, you feel like someone else's gratitude invalidates your suffering. You feel like your own gratitude if you were to be grateful, would invalidate your suffering because you make it mean that if you are grateful for something in your life, you are ignoring the very real hurt that you feel or you're allowing others to not be accountable for their actions in the act of being grateful, right? And people, if they're grateful for their lives and, and, and their happiness and things that they're dealing with, then they're not seeing you and you're suffering and they're forgetting about you and they're ignoring you, right? Those are the thoughts that are passing through your mind. Another thing is you start to compare yourself to others and their gratitude because 
listen, this is what NarcBrain does, all right? It tries to find evidence of how you're not good enough to prove over and over this deep belief about yourself. So you start comparing and you start seeing all the ways in which you don't measure up. Look at all these people showing off all the things they're grateful for. I'm not doing that. They're way better than me, right? I'm not a good enough person. And it feels so terrible in your body. You feel a lot of guilt. You feel a lot of shame. You feel a lot of emptiness. Also, others may have in the past past tried to uh, use gratitude to make their discomfort of your suffering go away. Sometimes people just don't know how to help when you are having a hard time. So they try to offer things that they think will make you feel better. Also, they get really uncomfortable with your grief and your sadness because they don't know how to deal with it. It makes them uncomfortable. So they try to make it go away in you. They try to make you feel better, make your suffering go away so that they feel better. So they'll say things like, well, at least your baby was just six weeks when you miscarried, right? You should be so grateful for the kids you already have. Or your mom did so much for you. How could you call her a narcissist and not see her for the holidays? That's just cruel. Or you need to give your Aunt Gracie a hug to show her how grateful you are for this present that you don't like. <laughs> this is what we do to children, right? <laughs> right? Others others try to force you to do to be grateful Uh, And it's not about you. It's about them. It's about them feeling better. And that never feels good. So how can we start to deal with this? All right. So first of all, let's talk about what exactly is gratitude. Gratitude's, I don't know who came up with this. It wasn't me. Um, Someone came up with this quote, gratitude is love plus wonder. Oh, I love that definition. Again, I did not come up with that, (laughs) but it's a beautiful way to put gratitude. Love plus wonder. It's gratitude is seeing the miracle of the tiny little things. It's, it's like a higher plane of thinking that creates love and peace and fulfillment in your body without ever changing your circumstances. It's a very powerful tool and it's understanding both the good and the bad simultaneously. And that somehow you are miraculously in the good, saved from the bad in that moment, and it's finding the good in the bad. It's a, it's a really simple idea that's been around for thousands of years, right? Jesus, Buddhist monks, prophets of old, ancient scripture have all mentioned gratitude. And it really is a practice. It's not something that you just do on a regular basis, which I mean is important to definitely be grateful on a regular basis, but it's more of like a way to train yourself and it's a way to heal. It's a very specific tool that will help you heal your narc brain 100%. And it just, it takes repetition. It takes steady attempts at gratitude. It takes failure. It takes looking at all the garbage in the way one piece at a time And it takes processing out all the negative emotion and then trying again. So let's dive deep into that process. All right, so let's first deal with should. Okay, so here's the truth. You shouldn't be grateful. That's right. You should not be grateful. This is true. (laughs) Okay, gratitude is available to you. It's not something you should be doing. It's just available. And there are a lot of benefits to finding appreciation. And that is it. 
you don't have to be grateful. You can live the rest of your life without gratitude and there's not going to be any gratitude police that are going to come and arrest you. So every time you think I should be grateful, just understand and know that that is 100% a lie. You absolutely shouldn't be grateful. It's available to you if you want it. Okay. Now, what you might be thinking, well, if that's true, then why in some faiths is it a commandment to be grateful? Great question. So think about commandments like a roadmap to happiness and success. Imagine you're running a business and you hire a mentor to take your business to a million dollars. That mentor will likely give you all of the things, all the things to do to create a million dollars. That's that's like the commandments. So for example, thou shalt create relevant content. <laughs> thou shalt not embezzle money. Thou shalt design a product that solves a problem that many people face. If you follow these quote commandments, you will likely create a million dollar business. So gratitude is a commandment in that same way. It leads to healing. It gives you a balm of relief in a dark world. Now, does it solve all of our problems? No, absolutely not. But it soothes us as we pass through them. And it's available to us if we want it as we experience the hardships of life. So your brain wants you to should be grateful. Let's go back to should. Your brain wants that because it wants one thing, to be good enough. Okay. And if you obey the people telling you that you should be grateful, and if you make yourself do it, and, you, and if you are perfect at it, then you can be good enough. So what happens is your brain does try to force yourself to be grateful without looking at all the stuff that's in the way. So it tells you and offers up thoughts like I should be more grateful. And then you feel tons of guilt, right? And when people tell you to be grateful, instead of agreeing with them and telling yourself, yeah, I should be, you, you can see it as an offering in a buffet of options. Oh, there's gratitude. Would you like to try some? No? Okay, no problem. Oh, yes, you would. Perfect. Here, enjoy. Give yourself permission to choose gratitude for yourself. Allow yourself the freedom to consider gratitude as a thing that will benefit you, benefit you or not, right? Maybe it won't benefit you to be grateful. That's a possibility. Allow yourself that freedom to, to choose that for yourself. And then choose it if you believe that it will be a gift to you. And a lot of people around you, including myself, will tell you, oh, 100%, it's a gift. When I'm grateful, I feel this, this, and this. You could try it and feel the same thing if you wanted to. Or you don't have to if you don't want to. It is available to you to choose one way or the other. It's really important to give yourself that permission. All right, here's another point. So it's really important before you start becoming gratitude to, sorry, what did I just say? It's really important for you to do this thing before you start practicing gratitude. There it is. Um, and that is to show up for yourself. And this is something I talk a lot about in the coaching process and in, um, how we heal from narc brain and from the narcissist around us. Uh, this is showing up for yourself is critical in healing. So this shows up in gratitude when you feel like others aren't seeing you. You feel like others aren't validating you, like others' gratitude erases your very real suffering. Because when that is happening, here's what's actually happening. You aren't seeing you. You aren't validating you. 
you are erasing your suffering for someone else. Now, I don't say this to blame you because blame doesn't belong to you ever, okay? If you work with me, if if you follow me and you consume all of my content, you will know that blame has no place in the healing process. So please understand this. (laughs) It is not your fault and I'm not blaming you for this. What what, What we are doing here is we are learning that you have been trained to not see you, to not validate you. The very heart of narcissist abuse is that the victim has abandoned herself in order to survive. This is where the bitterness comes from. This is where the emptiness comes from. It comes from self-abandonment. And there was a really good reason why you did what you did. You had limited tools and you survived the moment. And that is amazing and beautiful. Truly, it really is. Because in that moment, long ago, you decided in the heat of the moment of survival, when your brain was kicked into survival mode, that whatever mattered to you no longer mattered. As long as you could make the pain, the anger, the guilt, the fear go away, you were safe. This habit is deeply ingrained in your brain. It is automatic and it's not your fault, but it is, it did happen and it is within your power to, to see it and to turn it around. And so in our work together, I offer you new tools that you've never had before. The tool of coming back home to yourself, the tool of reversing the self-abandonment. Because here's the truth. You don't need anyone to validate you anymore. You don't need anyone to see you anymore because you can see yourself. You can now advocate for yourself. You set boundaries. You stand up for yourself. You communicate what you will and will not tolerate. You don't want for others to love you in order for you to feel love. You don't wait for others to see you in order to feel seen because you see you. You don't need to survive anyone else's emotion anymore. You don't need to placate anyone anymore. You don't need to give yourself up in order to make someone else's pain go away. This right here is one of the most important skills that you will learn. When you learn to see you, and you stop making it someone else's responsibility to see you and validate you and love you, all of the healing begins and you get all of your power back and you get all of yourself back. It is amazing. And it opens the way for genuine, real healing gratitude. Gratitude does not invalidate suffering. If it feels that way, let's talk about it. Gratitude is not about ignoring suffering. Now, maybe for some people, like we talked about earlier, that is how they used it, but they're using it wrong. Here's the thing. Grief and gratitude can exist simultaneously. Being grateful doesn't mean that you don't care about someone else's suffering, Unless you are using it to directly tell someone to stop suffering. Don't do that. And if someone is doing that to you, set a boundary and keep yourself safe from that, right? Being grateful doesn't mean that you think it's okay that you're suffering. Absolutely not. It means that there are multiple meanings happening at the same time to the very real event you are going through. It means that there is a universal truth, that there is 
always good to be found in the bad, just like there's always bad to be found in the good. So for example, someone with a big, beautiful house could find a lot of ways to complain, right? Oh, the HOA is so expensive. Keeping up with cleaning this giant house is so hard. Property taxes keep going up. It's so expensive to air condition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of things about having the dream house, right? That make it hard for sure. Talk to anyone with a dream house. They will tell you. On the other hand, right? Someone living in a roach infested, tiny apartment can find ways that there is good in it, right? It might not be much, but it's yours. You don't have to deal with property taxes or expensive home maintenance. You can do, you can just call the landlord and to help you deal with issues. You have running water and electricity, right? Your, your life is simpler. I mean, it's, it's not, it's probably not what you want ultimately. And you are allowed to keep working to get yourself out of it, of course, right? Because gratitude doesn't mean that you want to stay where you're at, But think of how many wealthy entrepreneurs are out there that tell their rags to riches stories, right? They they tell about how horrible their lives were. They were living in squalor or they were so poor or they were like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and how they overcame and they be, you know, they created this amazing business or they created this amazing service or whatever it is they created, you know, and, and they tell their stories and it helps others in the situation or others in the same situation to have hope for themselves. Right. And, and that is something to be grateful for that. I'm so grateful that it was so hard so that I can show everyone that they can do, if I can do it, they can do it. Right. So it's not saying that, you know, having a roach infested apartment is what you should be wanting and you absolutely should be grateful for that. No, it's about seeing how it could benefit you. There are some benefits to it, not that it is the benefit, but that both hardship and goodness can coexist. Another example is someone living in a very healthy marriage has plenty to complain about. I have seen it. I have I have done it, y'all. <laughs> I took my narc brain with me to my healthy marriage and man, <laughs> I know how to be miserable in a healthy marriage. It's possible. <laughs> I had so much to complain about, right? But on the flip side, if you're in a marriage with a narcissist, there's a lot of good that can come from it, right? This isn't to say that you should stay with a narcissist. Don't misunderstand me, okay? But it is to say that good can always come from bad, no matter what. I learned so much from my narcissist relationships. They, they taught me so much about myself. They made me who I am today. They, they challenged me to grow. And when you're out of the situation, when you're done with the narcissist in your life and you have a new healthy relationship, you can look back and it's possible to be grateful for everything that you learned while simultaneously acknowledging the very real abuse and allowing them to be held accountable for that abuse, okay? Not to mention the fact that gratitude also helps you get out of your undesirable circumstances faster. If you can get yourself on that that level of gratitude, you know, coexisting grief and gratitude at the same time, it really gives you more perspective, more confidence, more leverage, and it, it heals your body uh, and your emotions to give you the ability to get out of your circumstances faster. 
That's absolutely 100% true. So gratitude can serve you in that way. All right, next idea is to identify when you start to punish yourself. So as a result of not being perfect at gratitude, your brain will naturally want to punish itself. It will offer thoughts like, I'm not doing a good enough job of being grateful. And so you will feel shame and disappointment and guilt and even despair because it will also offer things like, I'll never be good at this. This thing is so simple and easy for everyone but me, right? This will trigger even more deep emotion, creating more of a block between you and the healing power of gratitude. And the more you try to force it, the more you fail at it and the worse you feel. And it feels so true to think this. It feels so true. I'm not good at this. I'm not doing a good job at this because if you were doing a good job at it, if you were good at it, you would be feeling grateful, right? And you're not. It seems very simple and logical. However, think about Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. How many attempts did he make before he was successful at creating one of the most important inventions in our modern history? At least 1,000. 1,000 attempts. 1,000 times he tried to combine the right gas with the right amount of electricity with the right bulb material. He was, now, was he bad at light bulb creation? No. Was he not doing a good enough job at inventing the light bulb? No. He just hadn't found the right combinations yet. And the same goes for you. Any attempt at gratitude is proof that you're doing it, even if you don't even feel it. Any attempt has the potential to show you where your work is. Any lack of attempt, right? If you're not even trying to be grateful, that can also show you where your work is. Think about this. What if, what if you are a naturally grateful person? You just have narc brain habits in the way. And narc brain only showed up to help you to survive. So the thing is, is that it's not going to loosen its grip without some concerted effort and without some training. All right. So the next step is to process out your emotion. Now, if you've been listening to all the episodes up until now, you may start to notice a pattern emerge. (laughs) I can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with your emotion and allowing it to be there and allowing it to be the thing that heals you. This can sometimes be the hard part because our brains are literally wired to avoid pain. But I promise you, it doesn't take that long if you just take a deep breath and relax into the sensation of the emotional pain. Listen, I know how hard this is because I struggle with it myself. This is why I hired my coach to help me retrain my brain to look at the unprocessed emotion that I am amazing at ignoring. (laughs) Recently, uh, we had a session where I felt normal and fine coming to the call. I was getting ready for it. I was anticipating what we would talk about. And then as soon as she got on my screen, immediately all the emotions started coming up for me. I had no idea it was there. I just started bawling my eyes out. But it was it's just amazing because she helps me see and explore and process it. And it is so healing every single time. I'm so grateful for my coach. So What are are the emotions that you may likely be dealing with that are in the way of gratitude? Well, it's likely grief. That's a big one. How can you be grateful for something that has cost you so much loss, right? Or maybe you're hurt. How can you be grateful for anything when you're so wounded? I'm hurt because someone hurt me or my circumstances are hurting me, right? Or maybe you feel resentment because people just don't understand what you're going through. How can they expect me to be grateful? They're not thinking of me. They're not considerate of me. 
Or maybe you're feeling a lot of self-hate, right? I'm a horrible person who doesn't deserve the good things I have. I will not be grateful because it's more important to punish myself than it is to, 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 to feel the gratitude of, of the miracle of my life. So these emotions are heavy and they're painful and they stick around as long as you don't process them. So uh, the processing of emotion really is, is very simple. You just be with the emotion, allow it in your body, be with the hurt or the resentment, even the self-hate. Again, I promise it doesn't have to take hours. It can be simple and it actually can be relatively fast. The thing is that the more you resist it, the more it stays. And if you need help, that's why people like me exist, right? I can help. It's worth it to train yourself to come back to the emotion because that's the very thing that you felt you had to escape in order to survive. I'm going to say that again. It's worth it to train yourself to come back to the emotion because it's the very thing that you felt you had to escape in order to survive. And if you want all your power back, you must be willing to wade for just a little bit of time in the emotion lurking underneath the surface. Okay, so process it out, be with it, cry it out, grieve it out. Whatever you got to do, do it. (laughs) You can do this. So if you decide to set aside some time to start practicing gratitude, before you start listing things you're grateful for, it's worth it to check in with how you're feeling right now. What is there? If it's not gratitude, that's okay. What is there? Whatever that is, is enough. What is there is good, even if it's not what you want. Maybe you're feeling that resentment or bitterness or guilt. That's okay. Write it down. Write why you feel that way. Get it all out on paper. Then look at it and don't try to fix it just yet. Just be with it. What is there is there and it's not a problem. It doesn't feel great, but it's honestly not a problem. And the more you can learn to love what is about yourself, the sooner you can access the things that you want. Now, if you're up for it, after you've you've uh, just been in the state of appreciating what is there, then consider dealing with some thoughts that may come up. You can start questioning them if you'd like. So one thought that we would question is, people don't understand what I'm going through. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. But in our work together, you'll learn that it's not their job to understand what you're going through. That's your job. So how can you be understanding and compassionate of your circumstances for yourself without anyone ever having to? What would that look like? If you can learn how to do that, you are, you're riding high. (laughs) Here's another uh, thought to deal with. If you're thinking, I don't deserve the good things because I'm a bad person and I suck at everything, right? This is just Narc Brain's way of trying to keep you safe because anytime you ever stood up for yourself or held happiness when someone was not, you were punished. It wasn't safe for you to be happy about yourself and to celebrate the uh, progress you're making or celebrate yourself and your growth. It wasn't safe. So you learned to self-hate. I want you to hear this now. It is safe to stand up for yourself. It is safe to love yourself. It's safe to feel good about yourself and to congratulate yourself. What I mean by this 
isn't that people won't feel bad when you do, because some, especially narcissists, absolutely will feel a lot of negative emotion when you are loving yourself. They'll feel all kinds of emotion in response to your self-love, but that doesn't mean it's not safe. It just means they're having emotion and their emotion belongs to them and not to you. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) If you can let that lesson sink deep in your body, you will create so much freedom. Believe me. Another thought to deal with is circumstances or people have hurt me. All right, so if this thought is happening, let's just go ahead and identify exactly who or what hurt you, how you got hurt, and why it hurts. And then we process out the hurt. How does it feel in your body? Allow it to be there. Grieve it out through the anger or through the tears or through the heaving sorrow. And then we can look at it with fresh eyes and question it. What was the thought happening in your mind that created the hurt? Is that thought true? Where did it come from? And we can build that resilience of understanding that no one has the power to hurt you emotionally if you are in charge of your thoughts at all times, if you are aware of your thoughts. Now, this doesn't mean that you'll never get hurt. I'm not saying that. Sometimes we get hurt. We're human beings and it's totally fine. But if, but if we slowly start to build resilience, especially around the narcissist in our lives, can you imagine you know, the narcissist in your family, maybe it's your mom or maybe it's your dad or maybe, you know, somebody you love and care about says a horrible thing to you and then you're not hurt by it because you understand that what they're saying is not about you, it's about them, that they are actively trying to create emotion in your body and that they don't actually have the power to do that unless you think thoughts that agree with them, right? When you can separate that enmeshment of their thoughts belong to me and I believe all of their thoughts, right? If you can give them back their thoughts and only have your thoughts, then you protect yourself from the emotional hurt that people actively are trying to inflict upon you. It's truly an amazing process. And it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person and that you're weak and that you're, you know, whatever it is you might think about yourself if people are hurting you emotionally. That's not what it means. It means that resilience is available to you if you want to build it. And if you don't want to build it, that's okay. But that is available to you. And that's the work that we do. Here's another thought. I, I can't see the good and the bad. It's just too much bad. This thought is really beautiful. I kind of, I feel a lot of love for it because it's this sense of overwhelm and grief. And I 100% get it. And I promise you, if you process out the grief, you will create room for seeing the good and the bad. There really is good in everything. Even if you can't see it, that's okay. Don't force yourself. Just believe that it's there, even if you don't have access to it yet. Like, for example, what what good has come from this pandemic? I mean, so many people have died. So many people have gotten sick. The economy has basically crashed, right? But maybe there's some good, you know, maybe there's a net negative, right? I'm not saying that it was perfect and we should have all done the pandemic, blah, blah. But (laughs) even if there's a net negative of 
of the circumstances, right? There's, there have been good things that have come from the pandemic. Maybe there's more quality family time. Maybe there's been advances in technology. There's been global relief efforts and unity of, of the nation in a different way. Maybe not completely unity. I think there's been definitely a lot of divisiveness too, you know, but there's been a, a unifying effect of, on, on the world, at least for some. Uh, they're developing a new fa- vaccine, which may or may not work. We don't know, but it's an advancement in technology. People are working really, really hard to solve the problem. And I think that's beautiful. You know, maybe there's a chance to look at things differently in, in the pandemic. Maybe we appreciate uh, gatherings more than we ever have. You know, we, we look at our lives differently. We don't take certain things for granted anymore. Those are good things that have come from the pandemic. That doesn't mean that it erases all of the bad things that came from the pandemic. Absolutely, the bad things that happened, the suffering that has happened is real. But can you hold space for both realities at the same time? I think that's a skill and I think that will ultimately serve all of us if we can learn how to do that for ourselves. What what good came from me losing a child. Well, uh, it, I personally, for me, it was a spiritual awakening that I never would have received otherwise. Uh, we also had my family come together and my family's full of narcissists, right? I love them dearly, but right. And it was a weird, I can tell you all the details on someday, but it was, it was definitely weird, but like they showed up for me, you know, they, it, that was beautiful. Or I did actually learn a lot about gratitude and grief and how you can have both at the same time. And because of what I experienced, I'm able to share it with you now. I think that's amazing. You know, what good has come from the Holocaust? Well, all you have to do is read Man's Search for Meaning. That book is groundbreaking. I mean, this man basically invented coaching without realizing it. The idea that you you have so much power in your own mind, regardless of your circumstances. He's amazing. Um, what good has been created because you have been in relationships with narcissists? For me, so much good has come to me. Insight, understanding, mastery, a thriving business, a chance to heal myself, the privilege of experiencing, overcoming something very difficult. That, that's a big deal. The fact that you can be confronted with something hard and then overcome it, it changes you in in an amazing way, right? It's that gift of trials. It's that gift of the refiner's fire that even though it was hard, even though it was difficult, even though it hurt a ton, you are a refined, more mature, better person. At least that's what I believe about myself because of the, of, um, what I've experienced with narcissism. Absolutely. Now, does this mean that we ignore the bad and pretend it's not there? No, absolutely not. It just means that we can see both sides of the coin and that that is a gateway to feeling true gratitude, not the kind that someone demanded from you, not the kind that someone tried to force you to feel, but the kind that takes you to a higher plane of existence, that takes your mind to a place where you can experience and see and hold space for 
both the grief and the gratitude. There, there's something really special in the skill of doing that. So gratitude is, it's really, it's a very simple and powerful mindset shift that narc brain will try to resist and that's okay. And I've given you the tools to deal with narc brain and I challenge you to attempt gratitude and to not be perfect at it. So I want to tell you a story. One time when I was about 13 years old, I was attending my, I was attending girls camp. It's a church camp that I went to, um, out in Mississippi. And, um, I experienced for the first time something really extraordinary. I just remember having contemplated the stars and the universe in a way I'd never done before. I thought about the vastness of space and creation and witnessed myself, an entity alive and aware and as one of those creations, as part of the vastness of the creation. I saw my smallness and the magnificence at the same time. Like how can everything be so magnificent and yet tiny little me exists and might even be important, might even be worth anything. All that magnificence and vastness of creation extending into infinite numbers that I can't comprehend and yet I exist. It was this profound gratitude that I had never felt so intensely and so purely. And of course, I was really excited about it. And I came home and reported all of the things I experienced. And immediately I was met with jealousy and anger and sarcastic resentment. Things like, wow, you thought of all the stars in the universe, but you couldn't think to remember me. Yeah, words like that, you know, and, and they were just so hurt and so disappointed in what I had shared that they actually stormed off and slammed the door, right? It was devastating. My body immediately flooded with guilt and shame and fear and desperation. I was crushed. I was full of anguish. And immediately, of course, I I, I did what I always did. I raced myself. I begged for forgiveness. I tried to convince them of all the ways in which I was wrong for not acknowledging my gratitude for all their sacrifices for me. And I relearned again in that moment that pure gratitude was unsafe. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't articulate it. Okay. I wasn't aware that I was in pure gratitude and I wasn't aware that it was unsafe, but, um, but I debt something was wrong. Whatever I, whatever I had experienced was absolutely wrong and I should never touch it again. And that erasing myself with the fake over-gratitude that I was giving in that moment was what I should be doing because it helped me feel safe because then the door opened and then I was loved again. And so this is, I mean, this is how it was for many years and this is how I approach gratitude for many years. But after having done the work for myself, right? I can look back at that experience and I can fully connect to the gratitude I had as a child in that moment again. I couldn't for a long time, but I can now. And that, that's just that beautiful moment of me and the universe. And it's just 
beautiful. And I, and I have, I processed out the grief. I processed the abandonment I felt, the abandonment from the person that I loved and the self-abandonment. I processed out both. And now I feel like I have seen and I understand why I was met with so much resistance and I understand and feel compassion for why I dealt with it the way that I did, why I abandoned myself too. And now after doing the work, I feel grateful for that beautiful moment where two opposing events collided to create who I am today. They are both good. They both created me as I am now. And this is true for whatever you're dealing with right now. I can only say this because I did this work and I would not recommend getting to this point for anyone who has deep unprocessed pain, okay? But I want to offer what is possible for you to be able to feel the miracle of gratitude and grief simultaneously. They both will heal you. And I offer it as a gift, not as an obligation. Consider it, explore it, but don't force it. All right, let me know if you have any questions or maybe if I've left something out, please share it with me. I really hope you have a wonderful holiday season this year, no matter what your circumstances are or what you've been through. And if not, I love you anyway. (laughs) Until next time, have a wonderful day. Bye. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, Working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.